0: This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number 190. We're getting up there, VX. We're getting close to 200. We might just have to have a 200-show celebration probably sometime next fall. Next fall is probably the time to do that. There's a
1: lot at stake right now to to break down.
0: Well, it's too bad we didn't have some games at Penn State this past weekend. You know we're going to Kind of get this week that week off. I don't know if that's good. You know, Bob seemed to think that uh, you know um, get guys a little healthier, things like that, and uh, things will be better. Um, Wisconsin's taking the lead in the conference by points, but they're going to determine it by a win percentage. It come it's going to come down to the last game, and that's how it's going to be. And I wouldn't have it any other way, Viggs. Well, we hope it comes down to the last game, right? I mean that's what I'm Well, if Wisconsin loses Friday night, you know. That's probably their I I don't
1: expect the Badgers to lose. The way they've been playing and the offense that they've got going right now, I'm pretty confident they're gonna come away with six points this upcoming weekend. So it's really gonna be on Minnesota to play well on Friday night and give themselves an opportunity Saturday to to do something special and that's raise a banner because that's what is special about college hockey is this is banner season right now. Mm-hmm. This is a chance for the players to to raise one so that when they go back to 3M at Mariucci arena, they can point up at the, the rafters and say, yep, I was on that team. And you talk to players who've done that. They will do that for the rest of their lives. When they go see go for hockey games is look at the team pictures in the concourse and check out the banners hanging from the rafters.
0: That is true. That is true. Um, before we get into this Vigs, you know, we've got the we don't have a game to recap this week or games to recap. I'm just uh checking out the the Twitter questions from earlier today and uh <laughs> Steve 2120, nothing but sweep this weekend. But does one win get them the title? No. If one win does not get them the, well, one win could get them the title, I guess if they win Friday night and like you mentioned if the Badgers were to happen to lose then you know the gophers would would likely win with that one win wouldn't that has anyone done that they're They're basically like a game and a half ahead mm-hmm. so if
1: if they get uh nine points and Wisconsin gets twelve, Minnesota can clinch if Minnesota gets uh nine points and Wisconsin gets six, they'll clinch that way too. Mm-hmm. so just look at it. you know they've got a a half game cushion here on Wisconsin heading into the weekend. So based on who the Badgers are playing, you know, I think, you know, winning a tie would would get it done. You know, keep in mind that if they get to overtime, you know, a shootout is required to get the tie. If you get to the three mm-hmm. on three overtime and you lose in the three on three overtime, that's a win. So just getting to OT would not be enough.
0: It's gonna be a fun weekend. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be a fun weekend. I mean, is. this is the team you want to see in a game like this, too. Michigan's got talent and that's going to be fun to see I think we were all cheated for that game during the world juniors where all the talent was missing for Michigan Uh, Minnesota was missing a lot of players as well but I think we were hoping that would be a show me weekend but then the quarantine situation came in and everybody had to leave early Mm -hmm. so this will be a totally different series than the one we saw last time because Michigan will have all their thoroughbreds run in
0: all right, well, Steve2120 has another question. He's like a little early, but what are your thoughts on the NCAA tourney? Looks like the Gophers should be a one or two seed. Fargo or Loveland, well, I guess I guess technically if they are a number two seed, they could go to Fargo. But if they're a number one seed, they're not going to Fargo because you know, North Dakota's going to Fargo, and they're going to be a number one seed.
1: Yeah, North Dakota's done enough. They could probably lose pretty quick in the NCHC and still be a number one seed. You know, with some of the other teams involved who are <clears throat> competing for one seeds, uh, it's a little more up in the air about how that could happen. And we've seen some interesting things happen in the last week with teams losing. You know, and with the Boston schools out east, and uh, we've seen some of the WCHA teams struggle a little bit here down the stretch. So it's very unclear what's going to happen. The the one thing that I think is pretty evident is Minnesota and Wisconsin have done enough where they're going to be in. It's just Mm -hmm. who wins the league and who finishes stronger will probably get a number one seed. I don't see two big 10 teams getting number one seeds. No, but the the team that finishes better between Minnesota and Wisconsin should get
0: one. Our boy, Nate put together a a bracket today and, uh, boy, Mankato just must love him right now because he puts them out there at Providence again. And Hey, a chance I- to redeem the demons
1: that w- <laughs> Minnesota fans want to see the Gophers go to happy Valley and redeem themselves. Yeah. I'm sure Mike case is thinking the same thing. He's like, let's get to that Dunkin' Donuts arena or whatever, and not commit a bunch of penalties when we have a lead. Let's finish this thing. I'm sure he'd love that.
0: Yeah. But I just, yeah, if you know, it's a, a a really good possibility. If Minnesota wins out, you know, wins the Big Ten title. If Mankato wins the WCHA title and North Dakota, you've got three number one seeds all together here. Somebody will have to go east. It's just the way it goes. And since Loveland is going to be a flight anyway, a flight is a flight is a flight, probably according to the NCAA, Mankato or Minnesota out east. It's just it's just gonna be that simple. One will go to Loveland, one will go out east, and that's just how it'll happen. Unless one of those teams falters and doesn't, you know, qualify as a number one seed, um somebody's going East Vegas. It's gonna happen. It's it's hard to know what they're thinking.
1: You know, we asked Bob today at media what he's heard from Jeff Jackson who's advising the committee and he's just hoping that while they've said that they've thought of travel as something to influence their bracket set this year, Bob's like, please don't do that. <laughs> just stick to bracket integrity and do what's best and figure out your teams one through 16 and just, just deal with that. Just only focus on, you know, a host team that wins a bid gets to go to their regional like North Dakota and just go from there, but don't be trying to mess around putting a bunch of Western teams in Fargo and Loveland just because they're out West because the NCAA determines anything over 400 miles when they do these kinds of things, that's a flight. So even for teams like Wisconsin and Michigan, you know, they're a flight to everywhere too. It's not Mm -hmm. like they're a flight to uh, Fargo and not a, you know, not a flight to Loveland or you know what I'm talking about myself trapped in a sentence there (laughs) Got the left wing lock on my Uh, bracketology.
0: And you haven't even started drinking yet.
1: Not yet. Save that for OT. looks like we got some, Barrel-age extra bake on tap. Ooh, thanks, boy. thanks,
0: voters. Oh, boy. Um, Darren Bakken asks on Twitter earlier today, who are the top incoming recruits next season? We haven't talked much about recruiting. And actually, we haven't talked much since Tammy left us. Um, what's it look like, Viggs?
1: Well, Cruz Lucius looks like he has developed into a top-end talent. He is going to be a first-round pick despite a lower body injury that held him out for – the first half of the season, but he came right back. And I think he's got five goals in five games goal in every game that he's been back with for the development team. And his skill isn't really skating. It's deception. It's moving away from traffic to find an opening, changing angles on the goalies being really deceptive, beating people to loose pucks around the net. And it looks like he hasn't lost a step in that part of his game. So he's really the top end kid coming in. And he committed when he was a pretty, pretty, little kid, as you can look back at Twitter photos of him and his brother when they yeah. committed.
0: Can but you, hes can you he's pronounce developed. his last name again? What is it? Lucius? I'm pretty sure it's Lucius. Lucius. Okay. I, I was, really wasn't sure. I mean, we might have to wait till we actually hear him say it. But
1: Yeah, the tricky one is Matt Nyes. He's a player who's in the USHL from mm-hmm. uh, Arizona. He's playing mm-hmm. for Tri-City. He was kind of looked at as a potential number one pick. He's struggled a little bit this season, I think, with some of the expectations put on him. He's trying to develop a, a real complete game there, and he's been pressed to do that. He's part of that Shane Doan uh, youth hockey movement in Arizona, mm-hmm. and he's gotten some coaching there. Uh, but he just hasn't scored like he did last year, and it could just be part of the pandemic and things like that. I know he picked up an illness non-COVID in the middle of this year that set him back a little bit. But he's a player who who should be expected to compete at Minnesota. I know the coaching staff was very high when they landed him because North Dakota was hard after him. And he's a he's a big kid. He's six to two hundred pounds. I like that. He'll be a he'll be a player right away for them. Uh Tristan Braz, we don't really know what to think with him. He's moved up the draft rankings a little bit as a player uh from Blake in the USHL. And then there's guys like Brett Pettlick, who's an older kid who's already drafted by Montreal, who could come in uh, Joe Miller, older kid who's already drafted by Toronto could come in. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. They've, they've got some good players, Hugh Glenn, the Roso kid who had the back injury is back playing for Fargo and looks really good there. So they've got lots of scoring options at forward. defense. There's not a lot there. So I do think if they have some departure issues, maybe they'll look at the transfer market because there's just not a lot of skating defensemen who could fill a hole. I think, um, Chelsea and um, Middlestad are probably too young for that. Mm-hmm. And Nick Williams from Edina, he's the other one committed. Uh, probably not ready to step right into college. You just don't want to get there as a college coach.
0: Yeah, you definitely don't. Um, could anybody stay? <laughs> could a senior stay, which could throw you know a wrench into the whole thing? You know, there, there always could be. I'm not expecting any of them to
1: Mm -hmm. stay. Uh, Brandon McManus got asked about senior night uh, a little bit today, and he says it's going to be emotional when it comes and he doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, Scott Reedy, he'll probably be a free agent after this year because of his development path taking Mm -hmm. a little bit longer. Uh, So he, he might be able to be signed by anyone that he wants to play with eventually. And then you've got guys like LaFontaine, you know, he's a big goalie. If he, Got a shot to play pro hockey somewhere. Gotta think he's going to take it. He oh, had yeah. such a good good season. He's mentally ready as well. And then Cullen Munson, you know, he's a grinder kind of guy. Uh, I I wouldn't expect him to be back, but but
0: you never know. I mean, that's that's the the weird thing. It, it could happen. I'm hoping not a lot of players do it. You know, just I mean, league wide. I mean, you, we had a lot of kids, uh, you know, leave their Eastern schools this year and. And just because those Eastern schools didn't play or, or what have you, but uh, I'm hoping not a lot of kids do because, you know, that's, you know, it it could really mess the whole train up. Couldn't it? It really could.
1: It could. Minnesota's got a little bit of a backlog at forward anyway. And then they've got guys, I know someone in the chat mentioned Charlie Strobel, you know, he's going to be an older kid. I think when he signed, he knew it wasn't going to be, play one year of juniors and come to Minnesota. He knew he was getting into a longer development path to join the the club. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then the financials of it is always tricky too, because the budget at the U is going to be stressed Mm -hmm. with everything around the pandemic and not being able to sell tickets and and things like that. So it's going to be hard maybe to come up with $50,000 extra for something
0: like this. Our boy, Drew Crove in the chat and on YouTube thoughts on the pro future of one Brandon McManus. You know, Brandon's a great kid. He's a little small
1: though. He is a little small small and his pace. Isn't quite what you'd expect for an NHL player. You know, maybe he has kind of that Tommy Novak like future where he gets a spot in the AHL and, you know, can be a guy who maybe can fill in from time to time, but mm-hmm. it, it's hard to see Brandon getting into an NHL lineup and being able to be productive in the bottom six. Like, I just don't know if I see that in his game where in 10 minutes a night, is he going to be effective, you know, mm-hmm. chippy in that way. So yeah. we'll see, you know, it, it'd be great to see him back in college for another year. Cause he's definitely a, a fun player to watch in college. And when he's on, like he's been the last couple of
0: weeks, he can be a very productive player for, Minnesota. He can be. Um, we don't have too much to talk about this week, so we're going to head to our commercial here in a second. But uh, if you guys in chat have any questions for us, I've seen some come through, feel free to send it towards towards us, and we'll try to get to it. But first, we do need to hear from that sponsor.
2: Hey, fellow GPLers. This is Jerry Peters from First Class Mortgage. Interest rates are near all-time lows, and property values are on the rise, Lower your interest rate and remove monthly PMI at the same time to save thousands of dollars. Or use the equity in your home for debt consolidation and home improvement. The housing market is still hot, so make sure you're prepared by getting a pre-approval letter from me before you start shopping. Mention you heard about me on the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. Call me today at 612-940-3291 or visit firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free online application. My NMLS number is four eight zero First Class Mortgages is 322-842. This is not an offer to lock into an interest rate agreement under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender.
0: And of course, we always thank Jerry for sponsoring the GPL podcast. Um, I see another question, and I know Tim's in the chat here. He asked this earlier today. Do you think Rossini will be able to get into the game Saturday for Senior Day, and or will it depend on the position the Gophers are in? And I think that's kind of exactly it. Um, maybe the Gophers get lucky, and you know Wisconsin loses Friday night, and they've got a little more options of what they want to do. You think he? You think he tries to get all the seniors in um, Saturday night, Bigs? I think he's going to want to, mm-hmm. especially with being able to address a 7th D
1: like they've done mm-hmm. from time to time. I think the issue is, what is their power play going to look like this weekend? Because after Robbie Stucker made the turnover that led to a shorthanded goal, he got taken off and scratched the next night. Ooh. And Motzko then went to 1D on each unit with four forwards. And they actually looked pretty good in the games generating chances with that look. So is that something that Bob wants to do going forward? He said they've worked on power play a lot the last two weeks, trying to get that thing going because he knows it's something they're going to need down the stretch here. You know, special teams, goaltending are huge and he needs goals. of his power play. The penalty kill has been pretty good, but the power play has been pretty inconsistent and they, they get frustrated. They show it and they start trying to do too much. So he's trying to figure out what's the way to make that unit the most simple. And I know Stucker is a guy who can put pucks on net, and he's usually a simple guy up there. Um, I was surprised to see the quick leash on him with that <laughs> kind of move because he's one of those defensemen who can get pucks to the net, and that all the players know that. So we'll see what happens there. But I would I would think they want to get Rossini
0: in the lineup. I couldn't hurt. Senior day, you know, you know, uh, I really do think if you know Wisconsin wins, Minnesota wins Friday night, I think he's really gonna try to lock it down and say, Hey, we're not messing with this, we're going with our best lineup. Um, though, when I mean, can they make last second changes there, Viggs? You know, the Minnesota game that's true, we got a double header. Saturday, Big Ten Network came through. We're having a doubleheader, MSU, Michigan, or Michigan State, and, and Wisconsin on before our game. Um, maybe he could make a last-second change. Like, hey, we already know we're going to win this, or something along those lines, I guess. Do we know what the kind of the rules are for changing lineups? I mean, usually you just have
1: to have it, once you submit it, you can't change it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes coaches will do is They'll draw us two guys for one spot, go out for warm-ups and then make up their mind afterwards, and then once you submit it, it's set. is right in the chat, though. By the way, Stucker did cost him a goal with a lazy offside
0: by <laughs> an inch. I I was I was one. surprised how good that that camera was. That was like a really good camera. That was down well, the line. That was it good, was. Yeah. It was a very. I mean, he was offside. Yes, he was got a little anxious. Shouldn't have done it, but uh, there you go. Steve Larson. Yeah, they, they will know. Yeah. Steve Larson will be a goalie battle next year. <laughs> looks, looks like it. I mean,
1: I don't think they're going to bring in their recruit uh, that they got from Pittsburgh that's kind of a um, – a young prospect who's not playing a lot right now. He's playing in the NHL and he's a Bobby Geppert recommendation for Moscow. So we'll see what's going on there. You know, will they see a transfer, which is something that we could see. I know Bob's very high on, on the closer as an option for goaltending, but it's a little different to, to pump his tires versus startup for 20 games. And we've seen Bob be pretty hard on Mo. A lot, lot to be decided there. The staff does not like to talk about those things during the year, though. Oh,
0: Even in the offseason, they don't like to talk about it. They them, do not. It's going to be a question mark for them next year. Dale Beers asking in the chat, what do you think of the bros? What do you think of bros on his new line? Brodzinski. I, I, think, I think Moscow's just trying to find a place for him where he actually uh, can succeed. Yeah, his his pace of his game needs to increase a little bit.
1: Playing with, with Blake and Sammy helps him a little bit because those two draw so much attention. He just needs to keep the the chain going, as Bob is fond of saying. He's like, when there's a cycle and there's possession, you can't be the guy that's always breaking possession. You have to keep it going and play your part. And I think that's one thing that he needs to really focus on is uh, Don Luchio always said, if you don't have your A game, get your B game ready. You know, don't bring the team down by flunking it, you know, find a B game, be safe, be steady, be consistent, contribute what you can. If you start to feel it, you know, elevate your game, but, but don't be out there and just be a minus player. And I think that's something he needs to realize, you know, you can play a part on a, on a line. You don't have to be the star.
0: You mentioned Don Lucia there coach of the two thousands in the WCHA today. I mean you
1: win a couple of titles and NCAA's and the conference and those, those, those are Wooks players. players. What
0: are you talking about? <laughs>
1: right, right. Still gotta still can't break the
0: recipe, you know, still gotta cook the meal. <laughs> that is true. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then uh a couple of gophers on that all team as well, you know, with uh Johnny Paul and uh and uh oh geez uh Jordan Leopold, uh, Leopold sorry, just you know froze up there. So little freeze.
1: defensive player,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think, I think two thousands was obviously the best the WCH ever had. I mean, you think of the the players left off those lists. Um, you know, I can even think of someone as the, as a Ryan Patoni. thirty eight goals in that two thousand five two thousand six season. No one had scored that many goals in ten years in a season and nobody has scored that many goals in a season since. And I'm guessing he didn't even get a sniff because there are a lot of good players that played the WCHA in the, in that decade. Those are the glory years. That's when they were at the the X for the, the final
1: five and so much pro talent was starting to come through the WCHA. I think that was part of the thing with that era so many of those guys left early to, to sign pro deals. That was after the new CBA was signed where teams were able to get these guys on pretty cheap deals Yeah. and they didn't have to commit to them. They could, they could sign them, show them the fanciness of the NHL and then stick them in the AHL. And a lot of these mm-hmm. guys had to pay their dues there before they could get to the NHL. And, uh, You know, it would have been nice to see them in college hockey for longer, and maybe they could have had better numbers and made this glorious team. But uh, it's a fun thing that WCHA is doing, going back through the history Mm -hmm. books and looking at these players, because it's bringing back a lot of good memories when they announce the rosters.
0: I mean, you have Hobie Baker winners not even making the final team. That tells that says it all right there. Yeah, that was quite the era for, for college hockey. Yes, it was. Well, let's get into this weekend, Viggs. Michigan Wolverines coming to town. Uh, we didn't find out until just this week what the TV situation was going to be. I mean, uh, I was speaking with Mr. Deutsch over there, over at the U, and he was incredibly busy The past, earlier this week, you know, Monday and Tuesday, trying to get everything settled um, for TV this weekend. The U busted their butt to get it done, and they got it done. I mean, Friday night, it's going to be... Uh, our boy Charlie Beatty and Lou Nanny calling the game on uh, FSN Plus, and then Saturday night we've got a or Saturday afternoon we got a nice double header on BTN. Um, so they got it done. Twenty five out of twenty six games on local television this year, Viggs. On um, that other game, actually was on a couple other net other markets. Um, phenomenal job by the U. We got to see it. We really got to see every game. And I don't want people adding me about you know FSN and not getting FSN. That's not my problem. That's your problem. Get a real. Get just a- get BTM Plus, people. Biggs has been saying bucks. it all year. You've been saying it all year. BTM Plus. You can see all the games. It's a lot. Yeah, a little bit of delay, season- but it's okay. It's a lot cheaper than season tickets. So just just get it done or get it. And it's a lot cheaper than getting uh, the
1: dark TV package. Like if you have YouTube TV and BTM Plus, you're still saving
0: fifty bucks. Yeah. There you go. But. You know, we didn't know what the game times were going to be, but we got seven o'clock and four o'clock. Let's roll, Vees.
1: It's going to be great. We got Cappy and Vosters on the Saturday game. Yep. So our our regional breakdown guest, Cappy, will get some action this week as he preps to do the BTN studio piece or piso. So that'll that'll be fun to have Cappy on there. He's he's a big college hockey fan, and he'll stay up late to uh, <laughs> do the analysis and make sure he's on. On point for the the weekend,
0: and we'll have him on the podcast next week, along with uh, Todd Molesky from Badgerville. Um, it should be a fun fun show next week with those two as we preview the the Big Ten tournament. But we we don't we don't know what's going to happen yet. We kind of know where some of the seeds are going to go. You know, it looks like Notre Dame, Michigan, and Penn State are kind of stuck in a spot. They're not really going to change. Uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, one, two. Ohio State, MSU are going to end up last place somehow. That's really close. Um, so it's kind of a wait and see. But uh, uh, I would say our our task this weekend against Michigan is quite a bit more difficult than Wisconsin's at Michigan State.
1: Yeah, you could say <laughs> Michigan's a little better than Michigan State. I mean, they're in the same state, but they're, they're totally different teams. You look at Michigan's roster with all their talent Scott Wheeler just released his uh, draft midseason rankings. He's got three Michigan players in his top five, and they all deserve to be there. Owen Power, big six-five defenseman who can skate and move. I think some of the offense in his game is still coming. You know, it's very difficult. I think for young players to make the transition to D one college hockey, it's such a a big game where there's a lot of structure. You have to play smart first. It's been probably nice for him to defer to Cam York for a lot of those power play and penalty kill and tough matchups. And he can kind of learn from there, but he's still a very good player. He can erase situations in his own end and then join the rush very easily. Uh, And then you've got two other top players, Kent Johnson and um, Manny Beniers. Beniers for the World Junior team, he was just a water bug. You know, he was competing all over the ice. He's he's uh, going to be a tough player to play against this weekend. I think that's something that they really missed when they played Minnesota last time because he plays down the middle of the rink and he plays all 200 feet. And he's kind of like a combination of like a Justin Kloos and a Jonathan Taves. You know, he's just kind of, he's there all the time, skating, competing, battling. And it'll be a challenge for Minnesota centers to keep up with him.
0: I think one of the biggest things this weekend, Viggs, and with Michigan all around, is that um, you can't really predict how they're going to do. They really are a roller coaster team, and, they, and they're that way because they're young. But when they're on their game, they can play with anybody in the country easily, but they just don't have that consistency. Yeah,
1: and that's what you get with young players is you get that roller coaster season. And I think that's part of what's been fun this year with Minnesota is they have enough veterans where a lot of games, even if it's not going quite the right way, it never dips too far. They're always able to come back up and, and get their head above water. It's just when they played Wisconsin, I think the game got away from them and you can't do that against top-end talents. <laughs> and you can't let that happen this weekend against Michigan. You, know, you can't just get lulled to sleep and start going all in every hand on every rush and and really pushing the game. you got to be patient, even
0: though it's going to be an up-and-down weekend. Would they rather be playing this game at Ritter this weekend, Viggs? With the rink size? Uh, You know, that's (laughs) a good question. It seems like
1: Minnesota has been playing better on the smaller sheets the last Mm -hmm. two years because I think the game – It's faster and more intense, and And, it's forced
0: a little bit more. um, They haven't lost a game on the small sheet this year, have they? I don't think they have. Right. But at the
1: same point, Minnesota's defensemen are such great skaters. Playing on the big sheet is not a detriment to their game because they're mm -hmm. able to get back into the deep corners and retrieve pucks and start the breakout. They've got centers who get back for the breakout. So I think it's not a detriment to them from that standpoint, which it could be maybe for some of Michigan's lower defensemen. Uh,
0: but yeah, Ritter, Ritter certainly would be nice for this team. Um, so Minnesota's coming in pretty healthy. Um, we've got you know we we've had some bumps and bruises here, but then they've been really healthy. Um, whereas Michigan just did lose one of their players for the entire rest of the season. Um, yeah. How does that affect them?
1: Beecher's is a big player for them he's one of their more physical bigger players mm-hmm. and he's got a shoulder injury that you know he couldn't play his style of game with and didn't want to play through it wanted to have surgery so he's ready next fall uh, maybe he's got some pro you know ambitions there that that influence that decision I think it impacts them from being able to play that heavy game and so it's going to be more of an up and down type game okay. for these two teams and I think it gives Minnesota a little bit of an advantage too, because Minnesota can still play heavy if they want to, you know, Ranta and, and Reedy Myers, Nelson, those guys can be big and physical and it's just one less big bowl
0: to go. So against. can
1: Brodzinski. If he wanted to, if he wanted to get in that game, he's got a big body. He he's an- just got to figure out how to use it a little bit. Yes. I think that's kind of one of his issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and he, he wasn't hundred percent healthy going into the season and yeah. just, He's been playing catch up it feels like all year, and you know he's a guy who can shoot the puck, and so he wants to find ways to shoot the puck, but sometimes you gotta go, you know what those shots aren't there. I gotta find other ways to contribute. yeah,
0: you do. What's your prediction for the weekend then vegs um are they bringing home a title? I feel like they' they they're gonna do it. I feel <laughs> like they're gonna get two wins. There we go.
1: I just this team has been so consistent all year, other than two weekends. This has been a team that's been more consistent than hardly any we've watched in what, twenty years in terms of their consistency. And it's not ten just from, was it ten or nine or ten sweeps or something like that? Yeah, Nine sweeps. Yeah, it's not. It's not just like they get away from a weekend and have a bad game and come back and play good the next night they usually put together three pretty good periods every night. Mm -hmm. They might have a little lull here or there where they start to get away, but usually this team is playing better than their opponents all three periods. And that's something we haven't seen for a long time, and I think it's because of the center depth, the goaltending, and the defensive play.
0: Well, of course we know what I'm going to pick. Of course, I'm picking a sweep. Steve Larson, Action Juper, Are you gonna pick a sweep? Of course, I am. Come on. I wanna. I still want to see Wisconsin trip up and have Minnesota win the point, win the league on points. I know they on, they're only down by one point, aren't they?
1: It could happen. I think it's unlikely. Wisconsin yeah, looks definitely pretty good unlikely.
0: Right now. Definitely unlikely. But let's just go with it. Win on points. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit aggressive, I know that's just how it is, and I'm not even drinking like I did last week in overtime for those of you who missed overtime last week, yeah I put I had not had dinner and uh, may have drank an entire bottle of wine fairly quickly. it happens and hey, then, when you have John King
1: on your podcast and and then you, you know, two, all, well, you,
0: well, you started with the beer and then you went to the
1: whiskey. Well, John King started breaking out some brown liquor, so I, I had to respond. Can't, can't let that go unchecked. <laughs> you know, if someone challenges you, it's like, it's like the enforcers stepping <laughs> on the ice and going, hey, what are we doing here? Are we, are we doing this? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. John King comes on. He starts pr- pouring some screwball. I'm going to come at him with a little smoke wagon or something.
0: <laughs> what can you do? You got anything else, Viggs? Or can we wrap this up and move to overtime? think
1: we're going to move to overtime. Mm -hmm. Just when you watch the game this weekend, again, focus on Minnesota in transition. Are they turning pucks over or are they getting pucks below the D? Are they going to play the long game this weekend? Because Bob has been very, very clear about this all season. This is not a high-end, high-octane offensive team. This is a team that has to play together in the structure that they have. They have to get pucks deep. They have to get on their forecheck. They have to get on their ground game. They have to rely on goaltending and special teams to pull out wins. And against a team like Michigan, just like when they were playing Wisconsin, there's a tendency to want to force action. And I talked about this with John King. It's like you don't have to go all in every hand. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay to fold. It's okay to call. It's okay to extend things out and let the better team win.
0: But it's not okay to let Cole Caulfield get behind your defense on the first shift of the game. Got to be aware of who you're playing against. <laughs> Bingo.
1: I mean, we asked this to Scott Reedy after the Wisconsin game. He's like, yeah, you need to you need to see who's on the ice for the other team and you know, play on the right side of the puck against those guys. That's going to be a test, a discipline test. It's not an effort thing. It's not a, they aren't being coached well. It's like, are they cognizant and taking it seriously? And hopefully there's enough senior leaders on this team where you don't see that pop up and cost them. But that's why they play the games on the ice. And that's why college hockey is so fun. Yeah, because you is. never know.
0: Let's home. Let's hope we bring home the title this weekend. Viggs. That's all we can hope for. Number one seed to get her
1: done. one seed's going to be big for this team, I think.
0: It is. It is.
1: They may be healthy now, but that could just be gamesmanship. Yeah. They've had some injuries that they've been dealing with all year that they're not talking about, but they're but they're there.
0: Hmm. All right, well, that's going to do it for this uh GPL podcast. We'll be back next week to recap this big series of Michigan and uh and then we're also going to bring in Cappy and uh and Todd for uh, Big Big Ten Preview. A Big Big Ten Preview. There we go. For those of you watching live on YouTube, stay tuned for overtime. For the rest of you, we'll see you next week.